Hello, everyone. Welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. Stop. I'm Mike Hancock. Kyle Davis with me, as always. And I, I don't even know where to begin. What a weekend it was for the Toronto Rock. A 24-7 win over the Vancouver Stealth on Saturday night. We will attempt to go through every positive storyline, but there are so many coming out of this game that uh, I I don't even know where to start. But uh, KD, maybe we'll just start with uh, your general thoughts on on the win. There's a lot. There's a ton. I've got a page of random notes here about stuff to go through, but... uh, I don't know where you begin. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. I think I think it was great. The offense, you know, that we expected. I don't think we expected 24 every night, but, uh, you know, a high-powered offense. Put two games together now in a row, getting back to the Buffalo game and now going into Vancouver and putting another 20 spot up. Uh, you know, the three-headed monster, per se, with uh, Schreiber, Hellier, Jones were dominant. With You know, we, we re-watched the game, sorry, in here a little bit and uh you know it was silly in a way jones just at the top just effortless it looked like schreiber and and so it was good to see and it's it's good to see the rock offense really come alive and that buffalo game wasn't just you know an anomaly uh defense solid again you know you give a one goal at the half that's you're gonna have no problem winning game winning games like that rosie solid again so i i think we've talked about here you know, he maybe didn't have the start he personally wanted, but now he's strung together a couple wins and, and looked good in doing so. And uh, you know, I think the team's moving in the right direction. And like that, that was just a that was a crazy game on Saturday, and lots of positive to take from it. You know, I again, like I said, I don't know where to start because I, I do just have a page of, of literally random notes. And on another week, you know, you could maybe say there's one or two of these you know storylines could exist, but. You know, I've got seven, eight, maybe nine things here that I, yeah. I are all worthy of conversation, and I don't know if we'll get through them all. We'll try to at least touch on them. But, I mean, first let's start with the NLL record. 17 goals at the half. You know, they had 20 early in the second half. It looked like the NLL record for goals in a game of 32 set by Montreal back in 2001 was quite attainable and oddly enough rock head coach matt sawyer was actually on the bench with the montreal express back in november 2000 and 2001 sorry when that record was set so um again an odd storyline could have developed there where you could have had a guy who you know had the old record years ago when he was a young lad on an nll bench as well which we should mention like you know maddie was an assistant coach in 2001 which would have made him, I think, uh, 26 or 27 years old at that time. Um, and the old coach, I'm pretty sure, and setting a record at that time. So it's kind of – that's one thing. Um, you talked about how good the defense was and holding Vancouver to one goal at the half, but Vancouver didn't even score their second goal of the game until 41 minutes and 44 seconds into the game. Like, I, I don't know. Well, I – and I know that there's been a lot of chatter about, you know, Vancouver struggling. They're down and out. And and me saying struggling and down and out, down and out I think, is putting it a lot more mildly than other people have been putting it. But we got to give some credit here to The Rock. You know, you could say a team is struggling and maybe they lose 15-7, 16-7. It was 24-7, 10-nothing after one, 17-1 at the half. 20 to 1 early in the third quarter 
Nick Rose only lets him five goals in 45 minutes. You know, stops, I think it was 26 of the 31 shots he faced before Riley Hutchcraft gets in there to pull some mop-up duty. And then he's pretty good in that, too. He only lets in two goals on 13. So it's, you know, we've touched on a few things, and we're not even scratching the surface no. here. Well, like, at one point there, uh, watching the, the telecast, uh, you know, Toronto had 11 goals, Vancouver had 11 shots. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, you could say they're, they're, they are struggling, but they are still, uh, you know, professional across team in the league. They're 20 or whatever players are still considered, you know, the top 182 and 200 in, in the world, I guess, at yeah. their craft. Like, it's not, you know, like the Rock were playing a peewee team by any means here. They went out and just kicked the crap out of a, an NLL team by all, by all means. And, you know, you said we're just scratching the surface. You know, the fights, Hutchcraft's first game, you know, people, some Western boys going home, playing some games. Dan Craig, another big night. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it was crazy. It was great to see. And Dan Craig, I mean, you know, he puts up three goals. I think he had a hat trick in the first half. Um, but there he's got five goals and four assists now in two games. He's got nine points. He's two points behind Josh Byrne for the rookie scoring lead, and he's played two less games. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, and he was in the, drafted in the sixth round. 57th overall, Josh Byrne, first round, number one. And just another testament to the, you know, brass here. And, you know, last year we, we praised the the organization for, you know, finding some from gems in the draft and Latrell and, and later on and whatnot. Um, and this is just another one. This is great that you could pluck a, not too often, a you know, you find a sixth round guy that steps in and, you know, two games into the season uh, getting his first look makes an immediate impact like this, and uh, the way the offense is going, it doesn't appear that Dan will be, you know, coming back out anytime soon. If he keeps this up, you can. No, and I mean, uh, you even look further at the Dan Craig story and how it's developing, and the fact that you know he really hasn't played box lacrosse basically in three years. He's been hampered by some injuries. By all accounts, he's healthy now. You know, he wasn't healthy at the start of training camp, hence why he was on the physically unable to perform list coming in. But, you know, he he just seems to be – he's one of those guys that, you know, for whatever reason, he seems to be finding a way to put the ball in the net. You know, even you go back to his first goal, you know, a few weeks ago there against Buffalo, the no-look, underhand, cross-handed, shovel shot from, you know, 30, 40 feet out, more than that probably. Um Ball's going in for him, and you know you don't want to you don't want to step on that at all. I mean, let him keep shooting, let him keep doing what he's doing right now, and I think there'll be a time where he'll go through a bit of a grind here in his first season, as to be expected. I don't think we're going to see two and three goals out of him every night. Heck, you know, great if it does, but I think we'll we'll see you know a, a spot where he kind of slows down a little bit, or you know, just has some struggles, just as any rookie usually would in their in their first season, but. Uh, you know, the team changed from four rights and three lefts after starting the season 0-2. You know, and I, they identified that going with the weaker right side with three guys on the right side would give guys like Schreiber and Hellier more room. And, you know, it's it's been one of those things where it's almost overwhelming, I think, the evidence, you know, in terms of how – how well or how good some of those decisions have been over the last two weeks have paid off. I mean, 44 goals, four in two games. 
Yeah, it's it's an electric offense right now, and I I agree. I, I think the evidence is is there. It's a it's almost you know looking back looking back at it in hindsight, it's a it's a no brainer with the firepower that right side has. And it's no disrespect to you know Dan Littner who who just happens to be the odd man out now with the numbers game, but just be able to get those guys out there, you know that extra shift or every other extra shift or on the weak side. We talked about it last week with Maddie and Hickey how much you know the offensive guys prefer the weak side like that. So. It opens up a lot, and they're both uh, Hellier and Schreiber. They're Hickey. They're all dynamic. They're all you know fast. They can they can beat a guy. So that space created is is huge. And then you got you know Dan Craig doing his thing. Adam Jones just we mentioned this how many times on the podcast. You know when the trade happened, and even with him in Saskatchewan last year, kind of we thought he would flourish more here. Not you know not that he was behind Mark Matthews, but he's he's more so the guy here I guess on the left side in comparison to when he was in Saskatchewan you know a lot of things went through Matthews and, and rightfully so he's a great player but uh, you know you're really seeing what uh, 16 can bring to the table here and to touch on these individual performances even further you know Rob Hellier three goals nine assists 12 points Adam Jones or sorry Tom Schreiber five goals six assists the NLL ended up taking one assist away from him uh, yesterday when they reviewed all the uh, scoring plays and made all the scoring official from week five. But he ends up five goals, six assists, 11 points. And then you got Adam Jones just quietly there with four goals, six assists, 10 points, leading the NLL in scoring now. So those three guys are top three in the league. And then you have Kieran McCardle, goes three and six for nine points. So you had almost had four guys with 10 points in a game, in one game. And then... You know, Brett Hickey quietly, I think, was two and three, but, you know, he's fourth on the team in scoring right now. And yeah, he is, you know, six, five, six points behind uh, Schreiber, but, you know, he's still, he's got eight goals, you know, through, through four games. So, you know, that's pacing out to be high 30s on the season, somewhere 36 to 40, where kind of where you probably thought, you know, if he has a good year again, that's probably where you slot him in, hopefully in the, the high 30s maybe has a couple games where he goes off and gets into the you know 44 45 range like he did last year but i mean we're talking three-headed monster and and it's and it's easy i guess uh you know on the social media and communication side it's easy for me to be putting that message i guess out to to fans and whatnot but that's because those guys are one two three in the league right now but i mean before we know it here there could be a fourth head to this if Hickey kind of has a game or two in here where his totals kind of bump up a little bit, a little closer to those guys. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, we still haven't <laughs> got into, you know, Sheldon Burns' impact here. There was a huge Ooh, trade here a couple of weeks ago. Sure. And the team is 2-0 and since the trade. Burns scored a couple goals. The goal he scored on Saturday night, you know, down low on the crease. Gets crease the dive. Three, crease dive, like – yeah, didn't necessarily expect well, that for him, but we'll take it, right? Like, you know, you mentioned Burns. You got challenge shipping, and you got Bill up there looking like he's played offense for a hundred years. Like he's a wily veteran up there yeah. with a twisted wrister finding a way. A twisted wrister. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was you know it was early and often, and it, it was great to see. It was fun to watch, and you know you, you we've talked about it. You wish from a Toronto Rock standpoint that game's not at ten o'clock out on the West Coast. You know, maybe you could get some more people with eyes on it, I guess, yeah. watching that live. Um, you know, because it was a, a great game to really kind of put the not, – not necessarily put them on the map, but, I mean, like kind of pump them up, right? Really show that this, these guys are legit. It's a great product. They're, they're fun to watch. You know, a couple fights, you know, 
you and I think couple we had four fights yeah exactly four those are always entertaining for us um, but yeah it was just it was great and I think maybe you know the timing of uh, the two Vancouver guys engaging uh, and when I say guys Suter and McCready engaging uh, Sorensen and Hostrauser off the face off maybe came a little too late I think at that time uh, the game even though it was only the second quarter late in the second quarter there's the game was at a reach. Fifteen one. Yeah, you know, and and maybe those, maybe that should have came a little bit earlier if that was the kind of spark that Vancouver was looking for. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really want to get into Vancouver because I don't want to pile onto them. I mean, they're zero and four. Their struggles are pretty black and white. I think that's out there. They haven't got the goaltending they need. Their defense was not very good. Um, you know, and offensively, clearly they are struggling in a big way, and they haven't found their right mix. So, um, to pile on to them is probably, I think, a little bit unfair uh, in some ways. I mean, you've got a nine-team league, and some nights you're gonna you're gonna have nights where you're not very good. And I think that was combined with the fact that the Rock were very good, and I think that's kind of where you get to the score. Is Vancouver that bad? No, I don't think so. And is Toronto that good? No, probably not. So that's why, like, coming into this week against Rochester, and we'll, we'll tee this up in the second half of the show, but um, this is now you've kind of like, okay, almost the fact they're 2-2, two and two, 500, clean slate. I think this is now where we really get to see, okay, like, now now we're into this now this is the this is the season we've we've had the lows we've had the highs let's really see what we got here going up against an all-world goaltender like matt vince here on friday yeah i'm excited it's going to be a good game and and you know they've had a couple i know last week was a bye week i believe for them uh but the week before that you know they had their crazy travel mix up and whatnot and you know they they played a they played a good game, but obviously came up short. But prior to that, they their offense was putting up twenty spots like it was you know like it was nothing for them too. So it's going to be a good game and interested to see. We've talked about it on the show. You know, see live here the dynamic that Jameson brings back to that offense and and you mentioned fine finally not fi- I don't say this to discredit the other goalies like Book and you know Belanger McDonald, but we're getting a legit goalie here that's going to be coming into town Friday and. And I think it was you mentioned, though, we do have success against him in the past, though. So it'll be interesting to see if we can, uh, you know, continue that. But uh, nonetheless, at the same time, you know, we got to be ready and the shooter's got to be on because he's very capable of coming in and, you know, standing on his head, stealing one or just making making it a game by any means. And it will be tough to replicate the volume, I think, uh, this week. Toronto ended up 79 shots on goal, 21 off. So fired 100 shots towards the Vancouver net, 79 of them on goal. I, I don't know if... The Rock are going to be able to, uh, like I said, replicate that volume. But if they do, you would think, even with a goalie with an 80-ish save percentage, you're still going to score 15 or 16, whatever that works out to on 79. So, um, anyways, we're looking forward to a great one. A great great game. Um, So many positives, like we say, out of this game from goaltending. And we haven't talked too much about Riley Hutchcraft, but, you know, kind of – gets an opportunity you know the game's basically at a reach uh good opportunity for him to go in in a kind of no pressure situation i think for his uh first test it's not in toronto it's not at the air canada center i think it was a really good good spot kind of for him to step into and, and get some work in let in that first shot kind of looked a little bit awkward letting it in kind of i think turned his stick 
Um, you know, something I think we can even dive into as a whole nother topic, but um, I think with young guys and just adjusting to facing pro shots using a plastic stick after you've been using a wood stick your whole life, um, I just think he looked good after that. I mean, he settled in. He stopped from there, 11 of uh, eleven of 12 that he faced, but 11 of 13 overall. And, you know, he made some stops in there. He he looked good, and I think it was just a good opportunity for him to step in and get some minutes. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, for him personally, that's, that's awesome. You know, how many kids want to, you know, wait or want that moment. So good for him to, you know, come to that. That's, that's great hard work paying off for him. And for the team, it, you know, from various levels, from the coaching staff to the players to, you know, you don't want Miller hurt, but you start to build up a little trust over, you know, with, with time of, of playing. And who knows? I, I mean, I don't know, but you typically, the mindset, you know, oh, it's a, it's our third goalie technically on paper and, you know, he's never played a game and, like, what do we have here? And, and it's over time and, you know, whether it be that little opportunity or another opportunity he'll get and if he just keeps, you know, chipping away at those opportunities and trust will be built up and, you know, the le- league-wide reputation will start to, to build in as well for for Hutch there and uh, it's unfortunate for the goalie sometimes that takes years to to get in and and build that up but uh, for him luckily enough he got in and and kind of took took the opportunity and I, and I agree low pressure situation that's kind of the the place you want to be going into really at, at uh, Eastern time here what that would have been you know almost twelve o'clock yep. right so <laughs> who knows how many Eastern eyes were on him even like it was, yeah. it, was it was great it was a perfect storm. And, you know, you mentioned about the time to develop. You look at it and, you know, we still could be realistically, you know, even if he progresses well over the next few years, just, I mean, a nine-team league will become an 11-team league. So that will change the dynamic a little bit, I think, from what we've been used to. But typically you're probably looking at still four, maybe five years away from Riley Hutchcraft really being a starting goaltender and and it's not really a commentary on where his play will be at necessarily. It's almost more of a numbers game. But at the same time, I will say that, you know, you look at Buffalo's goaltending is struggling a little bit. Um, you know, you've got guys there that are maybe just starting to enter that time in their career and maturity that it could be it's kind of their time now to make their mark and establish themselves as, as a starter. And a little bit, maybe same thing out west in Vancouver with Belanger, even though he's a little bit older. But, you know, you've got Eric Penny sitting there right now where he has kind of also reached that point where he's had some success in the summer out west. And is he now going to be perhaps, you know, activated, put on the active roster and, and have a chance to to maybe step into something, you know? We're probably not too far away from Mike Poulin leaving the game. Like, there's going to be some openings in other teams, so maybe that... You know that uh, progression is fast tracked a little bit for Hutchcraft as as opposed to as opposed to what we've seen in the past. But um, you know, there's definitely opportunities, but we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. We're we're still probably quite some time away from seeing him uh, as a regular in the NLL. But definitely uh, game number one, the first 15 minutes, anyways, uh, not too bad at all. All right, so we've got Nick Rose coming in studio with us. We can. Talk goaltending. We've also got uh, Toronto Rock president, owner, general manager, Jamie Dowick, uh, stepping in here in a couple of moments as well. So we'll take a short break here on the program, let you listen to some uh, fine tunes for five or ten seconds, and then we'll be back with Jamie Dowick in studio. 
Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Joining us now in studio is the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm great. Uh, you know, I've been, you know, we've been breaking this game down. I feel like with everybody uh, for the last few days, and lots of uh, chatter in the office, and uh, rewatched the game a couple of times. I mean. Have you ever been a part of, and I know, you know, winning a championship in 2011, that's that's the ultimate, and, you know, you don't want to compare this to anything like that at all, but at the same time, has there ever been a week since you've owned the team that you feel like there were so many positive storylines after a game as what we saw after Saturday night? Yeah, well, it was, it was something, that's for sure. I, uh, no, I mean, I've never been really a part of an actual game like that, so... It, it, it was really weird to be honest with you it was kind of almost a little surreal um everything seemed to be going as perfectly as it could for us you know not just offensively but defensively and goaltending um you know that i mean it's easy to look at the first half of that game and say we were up 17-1 but um yeah the offense was unbelievable and, and it looked like everything they shot was going in and there were some great goals and and things like that but the defense was was you know I was encouraged about that as well I mean and Rosie um you know it's easy easy to overlook all that so there was there was a lot of good and yeah I it was just one of those nights I mean everything was was working great for us and and vice versa for them everything not so great so um you know you're not gonna see that happen probably again in a long time if ever so you know we enjoyed it. So 44 goals now in the last two games. Um, you have to like that. Some adjustments were made uh, in terms of the lineup. Adjustments were made in terms of a trade uh, before these last two games as well. Um, but is there anything that you put your finger on right now that you say this has keyed the turnaround here and this has keyed maybe the offensive outburst? Is there anything you can kind of identify? Well, I definitely think that, you know, switching, uh, you know, and going from, from the four lefts to the, th to the three, uh, sorry, we, going four rights to three rights, which we're doing now, it has been beneficial for us. I think it, you know, it, it caters to Robbie and, and Tommy and Brett and, you know, the, all offensive guys like to play on that side of the floor, but, you know, with their skill sets and their talents and, you know, they're, 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 these are our best players and, and the opportunity to put them in a position to be successful. And, and that's why we've, we've made the decision to do it. Um, you know, it's, it's not going to, you know, I guarantee you it won't stay this way all year. It'll change at different times for different reasons. But, you know, we, 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 we like what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. And I think, I think that's been a big thing offensively. Um, you know, it just it we just seem to be kind of coming together a bit. I mean, it. You know, you think of Tommy, for example. Yes, second year, never played with Rob Hellier before, never played with Adam Jones before. You know, two other key parts there. Um, you know, it just seems to be a good little mix right now, and and the guys seem to be getting more comfortable with each other. And you know, we we know there's a lot of talent up there on on paper. Um, you got to do it. You got to do it, and. You know they've done it for the last couple of weeks, so it's 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 a real encouraging sign. Hopefully, it continues. Um, you know, it's 
it, it's we're we're five weeks in here. Things the last couple of weeks have been a much more pleasant than the first couple. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to talk about was a little bit of a trend that we seem to have uh, seen early on here this year is, um, at least as far as the Toronto Rock go, is there's been a few more fights in games. And Billy Holstrauser has actually fought, I believe, three consecutive games. Um, yeah, only, only The last two were maybe uh, not really by his uh, initiation, so to speak, but... Uh, I'm not really going to ask you necessarily whether it's something you like or not. We know the fans seem to really enjoy it, but uh, you know, like do it. you think that there's going to be any kind of <laughs> – do you think this is going to be a trend? I mean, to some degree, I, I sit back and say, you know, Rockers scoring a ton of goals, playing great defense, had great goaltending. There was a bunch of fights at Vancouver, and it's like – it's almost like a little bit old-school rock and roll lacrosse is back maybe. Like, is this going to be something you think we're going to kind of – see a little bit more of this year listen every fight we've been involved in this year that we've started has been in retaliation to a headshot every one of them and the other ones were you know there's been a handful where our players haven't had a choice so uh you know it, it is what it is um you know clearly our guys aren't happy about guys on our teams taking headshots and if they're gonna do it then you know they're gonna they're gonna have to answer the bell, and um, you know the, the, obviously it just happens. There's things that just happen in the game. I, I you know I'm I'm not one for you know fighting for no reason, um, but you know I, guys are sticking up for other guys on my team because guys are being sloppy out there and, and careless. Then you know it, it is what it is. Yeah, and I mean I think I think further to add, sometimes that really does speak to. Just how how tight a group is sometimes as well. So, Jamie, I want to ask you about you know we're talking here and you look at we mentioned the the big guns that you know put out the big numbers this past week, but you know some draft picks. You got a good start from Drew Belgrave. We've talked about Dan Craig coming in nine points in two games. Hutchcraft gets in just the draft class. You know, last year making an early impact as well, and just uh, if you could speak specifically to Dan Craig and his kind of a unique story, being a sixth round pick and you know starting a little hurt and and what he's done uh, with his playing time here and opportunity so far. Yeah, I mean, what what Dan's done um, is really is 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 quite unbelievable. Really, I mean, you know, he didn't even get to really he didn't get to go through training camp with us at all. He didn't get to play. He came, you know, when we drafted him. Um, you know, we didn't. We tried to reach out to him before the draft, and we didn't get a hold of him. So, um, you know, if we did, we probably would have taken him a few rounds earlier. We didn't. You know, six round rolls around. Why not? We were taking flyers on guys at that point. Um, here was a guy with a good pedigree. You know, while we hadn't got a hold of him, he hadn't said no. Um, so we drafted him, and and you know, when we did it, we thought, you know, if this one ever hits, like if he ever does decide to come and play um you know this this could be this could be one of the, the real good ones and and um you know after we drafted him we we reached out to him and and there was some interest i think when he got here it kind of took off to a new level um you know and then he gets told he he doesn't pass his physical which kind of was a bit of a setback, but I think it, re, re, you know, it, it it got his juices going again for the box game, which he hadn't played in about three years. But this is a guy that three years ago was as talented as any junior A player um, 
in this uh, in, in Ontario here or in, in the in the country went away to school um, you know I didn't know him three years ago but you know I can tell you right now this guy's a man like he's 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 gone away to school he's got himself in shape great work ethic great kid smart kid um, you know hungry and uh, just out there working hard and you know it's about taking advantage of an opportunity and um, if you told me even a month ago that he would have been in there and helping us out right now you know I mean optimistically we were liking to think you know that this, we might hit this but uh, credit to him he's coming here he's worked hard and you know he still hasn't had a lot of you know he's only been practicing for two or three weeks here really so uh, it, it is it is quite remarkable and uh, you know I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to stop. Yeah, no, it's been a great story, and we look forward to, you know, watching that carry on. But uh, looking ahead now to Rochester, Hammer and I were talking. This is, this is, you know, now we're now we're kind of here. We had the, as Hammer said, the downs and, and the ups, and uh, Rochester has put up 20 goals a couple times this year. They got a, a world-class goalie in, in Vino. What are you expecting from, uh, from them Friday and from this uh, big divisional game? Well, you know, anytime we uh, – them and the bandits kind of like for me and I think for our team you know nothing against New England or Georgia but I, I feel like those are kind of our rivalries so um, you know we've always had very heated you know good heated rivalry with the Nighthawks since I've been around and, and we both had our ups and both had our downs in, in there and and it's it's been a back and forth series you know Cody Jamison's back you know, when healthy, you know, my bet, well, the best player in the game. So, you know, I know he hasn't started the way he probably wanted to, but they're rolling at both ends, you know, as well. Uh, they've had one setback, and we all know the tra- the day of travel they went through. And if you've been in this league, you know, you know, like that does catch up with you. So they've played two really good games, scored a ton of goals, haven't given up many. I mean, I think a real good challenge for our team, um, you know, heading into a bye week, a division game at home, first game out of three against them. It, this, this is a big one. Let's, uh, you know, so it'll be nice to see if we can continue uh, on the path we've been on the last couple of weeks. And actually, just to circle back to the draft class a little bit, you know, it, at, you know, probably one time uh, in training camp, it may have looked like this draft class may not be super impactful this year and now we've had Drew Belgrave play in a couple of games and Dan Craig's played in a couple of games and and things are looking better there but you know one other bullet that could still be in the chamber I guess you could say that um and I don't mean to blindside you with this at all but you know Zach Masson is still sitting there there's another guy that probably slipped a little bit later in the draft being that obviously he's got the hockey commitments but um is that still a possibility that he plays at all this year, or is I'm not, uh, to, be, to be honest with you, I'll cut you off there. I'm not even, <laughs> not even thinking about that right now. I mean, uh, no disrespect to Zach Masson, but you know, I haven't thought of that name in a couple months. Yeah, now. he's I, not I here. Mean, he's playing hockey. If he calls me up and says, "Jamie, I want to start playing lacrosse tomorrow," great, you know, yeah, that'll be a good problem to have. But uh, you know, we we drafted Zach thinking a little bit ahead here, and um, you know, I I'm I'm focused on you know everyone in 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 camp in here right now and uh till that 
happens, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, for me anyways, I start to think it could be an interesting storyline to follow here down the road if, uh, you know, a, a draft class that, like we say, may not have looked like it was going to be so impactful may end up uh, at the end of the day having some impact. Uh, we did ask you, I think, shortly after the Sheldon Burns trade, just uh, your thoughts on how things were going. But, uh, again, to circle back to that a little bit, uh, you know, what what has he added? And, uh, you know, what did you think of his uh, – crease dive goal there on uh, was Saturday nice, eh? that was nice he's he he's been he's been a beast through two games unbelievable what what I thought uh as advertised probably even better than I than you know he, he's just been awesome on the floor off the floor fitting in well um you know just you know scored in both games but brings so much more than that he's really helped out our ball team he's been a loose ball machine he, he's just I haven't uh, through two games. I couldn't be more impressed with him. So uh, he's he's had a great start. He's fitting in well. Um, you know, uh, another guy doing you know help help really not not that it's been just him, but he really just helps spark our transition game in the last couple weeks. It's been going and and you know guys feed off each other, right? One guy does something, the next guy wants to do his part, and and that you know that that is what. We, we, I think we have a tight group here, and I think the guys like playing for each other, and and um, you know it's 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 a good thing. And I mean, he's got a couple goals in uh, uh, two goals total in the in the two games he's played. But uh, Challen Rogers now three goals, scored a nice goal on a breakaway again. I mean, what about his impact here, getting back in the lineup over the last couple? Yeah, Chow, look, it's like he hasn't missed a beat. Um, you know, I know uh, he's told me that. You know, you can't simulate game speed, and that's the one thing. Like yeah. after that first game, he's just—I was like, "You were—you had a good. That was good." And he's like, "Man, you know, it was this." So every game, he's just going to get, you know, more and more in tune with that. But you yeah, know, he's he's been a beast. Good to see him score at home. I know he had a lot of family and friends, and and he just seems to be a guy though that also brings a different vibe to the team. Like he's a guy that is always. He's super relaxed, but he's always having fun. And even after he scored the, I think maybe the empty net goal um, in the December 30th game, but just his reaction on the bench, I just remember even like just with the guys, like I I feel like that has also got to be something that, you know, is, is maybe something you can't always measure by a statistic, obviously, or whatnot, but he certainly also brings something else to the team. I mean, brings a lot to the team. I mean, uh, Second overall pick in the draft last year. High expectations. Great player on the floor. Great personality. Loved in the locker room. Just, you know, that's Chow. Like, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, right? Yeah. It's, it's just who he is. And, you know, if you've been around him, um, you just know what, what we're talking about. He just, he's, you know, not a, not a very vocal guy, quiet leader. You know, um, does all you know does all the right things. So uh, yeah, it's good to have him back out there. And we've seen him dancing off the floor and now dancing on the floor. Yeah, maybe we'll He's get looked, to see yeah. him. Maybe he'll incorporate that into a goal, Sally. <laughs> you know, all right. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> that, that would be phenomenal. Uh, anyways, big one coming up Friday night uh, here at Air Canada Centre and uh, looking for uh, hopefully keep the uh, positivity train rolling here into uh, Friday night and uh, best of luck. And I know uh, everybody's pulling for win number three in a row here. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, like I said earlier, heading into a bye week, division game, 
Rochester um, this is a big game. They're all big, but this is big, and we'd like to get this and, and just continue to kind of keep keep on keeping on. You know, it's uh, it's a long season, and uh, you know you can't get too high with the highs and too low with the lows. And and you know we've we've dug ourselves out of a, a you know an early hole here. Um, you know, so now it's time to see where what we want to do. Do we want to? Uh, do we want to be fighting to be the top team in the East, or do we want to be fighting for a playoff spot? Um, you know, I know what my preference is, so hopefully we can continue down that path. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us here, Jamie. Cheers. All right. Tickets available at torontorock.com slash tickets. We will take a short break, and we'll be back with more Toronto Rock Total Access in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Hopping in the studio with us now is the uh, main man between the pipes of the Toronto Rock, number 66, Nick Rose. Rosie, how are you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for having me again. All right. <laughs> again. Okay, well, we'll make note of that. All right. Uh, so uh, a big win. We've uh, kind of gushed about this uh, on air and off air, I guess, just about how great Saturday was. But uh, to... Turn the attention to the defense and the goaltending. Obviously, you had uh, your best game of the season so far statistically, but uh, you know, as uh, as a goaltender and just how you were feeling, was this kind of the best you felt you played as well? And were you the most comfortable, I guess, so far this season on Saturday night? Yeah, I think you can say that. I was uh, seeing the ball the best I have so far this season. Um, obviously, uh, <laughs> with how the game started, it really made our job easy on the back end to settle in and just kind of play our game not have to kind of worry about the pressure of uh how games usually go but uh yeah it felt good to play well see the ball and that kind of stuff yeah i mean i guess that kind of leads me right into the second question here and just how how much that does actually change things and not that you're really at this level involved in a lot of games where the score gets out of the hand that early um you know i'm sure you saw that happen uh, you know many times in your junior career but um how does that change the mindset and and just the way the guys are feeling in terms of like you're saying taking the pressure off yeah i mean uh with how that game on saturday night it was really kind of more of a thought of okay let's get a stop here the the guys up front are rolling so um just didn't want to kill that momentum so it, it was important for us to kind of play some good defense, get some stops early in the game, and uh, and yeah, and then it kind of went into cruise control. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, good sign the last two games, how uh, we're playing out, out in the back end and transition and all that is a good sign going forward. And is there even a point that you start to see their offensive guys have a bit of a letdown where you see that, you know, when it's 7, 8, 9, 10, nothing, you know, um, where it's like, you know, the O guys come down and when they get stopped, you start to see them perhaps even, you know, you, to make it sound real simple, but to see them get discouraged a little bit on offense as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, er, in the first quarter, I didn't really kind of notice that. I mean, they were still obviously uh, just trying to find any kind of momentum. And uh, when we got to the second quarter, I could kind of see on their bench that they were uh, pretty, uh, pretty down and out. And uh, it was just one of those situations where... There was so much time left left in the game. You just have to kind of keep going and not worry about the score. And because once you kind of start playing loose and that kind of stuff, uh, injuries and 
all that kind of stuff happened. So we had to kind of keep going. And even more so, how, how much, you know, I guess fun was that to experience a game like that on a road trip where everybody's kind of away and everybody's together? You know, there's there's no, there's probably, you know, very few, if any, distractions from the outside. Yeah, there are some guys from BC that are kind of coming home, quote unquote, to, to play. But how much better was that even to experience that maybe on the road? Yeah, I mean, uh, anytime you can have a weekend like that, uh, traveling to the other side of the country, and uh, it's a long travel weekend, but uh, sometimes you don't mind, uh, at least for us here in Toronto, we we don't have too many flights during the season, so uh, to kind of have our first real road trip uh, together like that with with a big win and able to kind of hang out with the guys after uh, was pretty good for as far as the team bonding goes. On a tri- do you learn something about some of the younger guys first on the team there? They're, they're true colors when you when you get them on a trip like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, but heading out there, some of them are still kind of wondering how things work about checking in. I don't think a few of them have been on too many flights before. So, uh, um, yeah, it, it's good uh, to kind of maybe sit with somebody you haven't really had a full conversation and get to know them a bit better. But, uh uh, heading out there was definitely a business trip, and uh, with how we came to play after the game, it was uh, nice to kind of kick back, relax, and uh, yeah, enjoy each other's company. And now bringing it back to the game there, it's kind of a two-part question here. What did you think of your, your goalie partner in Hutchcraft in, in his debut, uh, league debut really, and and how have you kind of taken the role of a leader to a younger goalie like like him? Um, you know, in, in not so or I guess long ago now you're quite you know a veteran in the league that you were in that position trying to you know break in, and I'm sure someone you know was helping you along the way to a certain extent. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'm uh, I'm real happy that he got, that we were able to kind of get the score big enough that he could uh, get some minutes and uh, experience the NOL firsthand and. Uh, he was great. I mean, I think he only led in two goals, and they were kind of goals that weren't really his fault, and uh, he made some great saves for us as well. So um, I, I was pretty excited for him. I uh, could kind of tell he was a little nervous uh, heading in. I just kind of said he's worked hard uh, worked hard to get to this point, enjoy the moment, stand tall, that kind of stuff, and, uh, and he did. So uh, it was great to see. Um, I've uh, I've known Hutch for a long time, and I think uh, he keeps getting better every time I watch him. So um, there's not a whole lot of teaching going on because I think he's already a pretty good goaltender. But uh, yeah, anytime I kind of see something, I'll give him a bit of a tip. But other than that, it's more just uh, kind of a bit of house cleaning as far as like taping his stick and not, how to pack his bag and that kind of <laughs> stuff. So. Uh, not nothing too crazy going on there. And is it is it weird that like you know a year ago with your ties to the Northmen you're you're in a way rooting for him to be uh, kind of brutal two nights a year when you see him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now you're you know on the same team as him. Yeah, I mean uh, him being here this winter is definitely going to help him uh, heading into next summer. So uh, hopefully, uh, I think we we play against his team on uh, Northman Alumni Night. So as long as he has a stinker that night, I I hope the rest <laughs> of the summer goes well for him. But it also must be kind of like you're saying, you know, you've known Hutch for a long time, but I believe he's played in the Rock Elite League as well, right? So is that also kind of neat to see, you know, to, to separate even just the lacrosse side of it, but even more just the, the track and, and Rock Elite League to see guys who have played in the Rock Elite League now playing in the National Lacrosse League? 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think uh, five years ago or four or five years ago when we started the Rock Elite League, uh, I think that was kind of the game plan for Jamie uh, where he wanted to kind of be a feeder system almost to the to the NOL. And, I, and now that we're starting to see some of those guys grow to this age where they're draft eligible and kind of making an impact in the in the NOL, it's awesome uh, for for myself being a part of it with the track and the Rock Elite League. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we keep seeing uh, kids that have been playing all these years uh, stepping up. So this week, uh, you know, we've kind of talked already that it kind of almost feels like, you know, you're back to a clean slate with a high level of confidence, I think, with how the last couple of games have gone. And, you know, now big divisional matchup. Um, you know, almost take us back. You know, what have the last two weeks meant for this team, I think, mentally and and whatnot. And, you know, if you were coming into this game having not had the success over the last couple of weeks, I think everybody would kind of feel a little bit differently. But maybe just talk about how those last couple of weeks now have, have impacted maybe the mindset going into this game Friday night against Rochester. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we had the slow start and uh, things weren't exactly kind of all smiles around here. And uh, the, uh, the weeks around here when, uh, when we lost the previous weekend is uh, kind of tough and quiet. And uh, for us to be able to get back on track how we have. And uh, we, uh, I, think, I think everybody in our dressing room realizes the importance of Friday night. We have a bye weekend next weekend. Uh, this game's probably going to kind of decide who's sitting at the top of the Eastern Division uh, kind of for the next week or two so uh, we have to approach it basically as a playoff game we're uh, first time seeing Rochester this year they've had a great start and they're a lot better than they were last year and uh, I I know that they're going to give us everything uh, we can handle but um, the plan is to kind of give them everything that they can handle as well so I think we'll be ready for this game and uh as long as we understand the importance of it, prepare well, I, uh, I think it's going to be a good one. And I think that's something that, you know, you just have to as a, you know, step back as a fan of the National Lacrosse League, how, how great it is that every week we've talked about, you know, it's a roller coaster. You're almost only as good as what you did last week, no matter what your record is sometimes it feels like. But um, just to, like you're talking about, that this will feel like a playoff game, I think, by the time we get to Friday night to really build up and realize what the implications of this are, you know, long-term, short-term, um, you know, everything as we go forward and, and to do it against an opponent uh, like Rochester that, you know, as Jamie's mentioned on the show here today already, is one of the, the bigger rivals uh, for the Toronto Rock. Yeah, no, he was he was speaking about that and, you know, well, well coached. And uh, it's not – we were just kind of talking not that – you know the other no no slight to the other teams in the past two games you know I, I think we can fairly say both goaltenders or every goaltender involved from the opposition the last two weeks you know didn't play how they wanted to play and now you know and you've seen them plenty of times where from the offensive side you're going to be shooting on uh, on an elite goalie in Vino and uh, you know that's going to be a another test for this offensive group to uh, to you know moving forward and seeing what they can do right yeah, no, for sure. I think it might be a, a test we need right now. I mean, uh, obviously the last two weeks our guys have kind of been feeling it, um, feeling good about how they're shooting, some great goals uh, we, we've been scoring. And if we kind of can keep that uh, clicking up front going, I I do like our chance to win every night. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Vino's been the best goalie for the last decade in the NOL, so it's not going to be an easy task, but... Uh, 
after how last weekend went, I think uh, we kind of need to face a goaltender like this and to kind of make sure we know that we're we're for real and can beat any goaltender. And kind of sticking with that, actually, it just made me think right now, you, you mentioned Vino's been the best goalie, you know, in the past decade or whatnot, and, and I don't know, but as a shooter, I'm sure when you bury one on Vino, it, it has a little bit of an extra feeling, uh, I guess, with no respect to the other attendees, just knowing that he is the, you know, quote-unquote best or whatever. And switching that into your role, how much does that, you know, play into your mind when you got a, a Cody Jamison firing the ball at you opposed to, you know, a defender coming down? And, and, and you you want to stop every ball, don't get me wrong, but, you know, kind of that, that mindset of stopping the elite, is, is that a little, like, it just, what's that feeling like, I guess, in, in comparison? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of... Uh that it's fun it's fun at times to kind of go up against some of the best players in the world and uh kind of see where you stand against uh guys that can shoot the ball uh like you said Cody Jamison Dan Dawson they they've got a great offense there so we uh we have to play our best game of uh game of the year so far I think uh to to get the get the win but uh yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't like when Cody Jameson scores on me. I played against him for a very long time, and um, and yeah, my plan is to hopefully shut him down and uh, some of the other guys they have. And if we uh, if we can do our job on the back end and the offense kind of does their job, then I I like our chances. So just to wrap up, to maybe go to the lighter side of things a little bit, uh, is there any new and developing breaking news at the house? Is uh, everybody kind of the young guys? I know that I feel like they were kind of getting a bit of a bad rap here early on in the season on the podcast when we were doing you know roommate rankings and stuff like that. But what has everybody kind of rounded into form here? Yeah, we still have our uh, roommate issues at times, and everybody <laughs> kind of seems to butt a- butt heads at each yeah. other at uh, different times of the week or whatever. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, when you kind of look at what we're arguing about and whatever, it's. Uh, <laughs> You take a step back and say, "Okay, I don't think uh, things are too bad here," yeah. and uh, um, it, it's been good. I, it's always uh, a lot going on at the house. Uh, the guys are in different rooms, kind of doing different things. So um, it, it's been a good situation. And uh, got the, some of the BC boys were home for in uh, BC for the holidays, so it was a little. It was nice to have that quiet time, but now that they're back. Uh, we're kind of back into that groove of uh, how uh, things have been going, and it's been good. All right. Well, speaking of being in a groove, hopefully uh, the groove continues here on Friday night. Uh, Rosie, thanks for joining us, and best of luck between the pipes on Friday against Rochester. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Nick Rose, goaltender with the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access, and we will wrap it up in just a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. We're in the home stretch here to wrap things up. Mike Hancock, Kyle Davis. Uh, KD, we've got a big one coming up here against Rochester on Friday night as we've talked about at length here on the program so far that uh, everybody seems pretty dialed in and a lot of positivity going into this one. Um, but a few things I do want to touch on. One thing that uh, after reading uh, Matt Cullen, actually, his preview on NL.com, just talking about uh, Rochester's prowess so far here on special teams they're 
Number one power play, number one penalty kill right now, going up against Toronto, who has the fourth best power play, but the ninth best penalty kill going up against now what we're seeing as the top power play so far in the league uh, early in the season. Um, I don't know. I mean, going into this, I wasn't thinking special teams was going to necessarily be anything that could play out in a big way. But now, you know, who knows? Maybe that could be one of those uh, defining things. And also, Toronto right now has been, even though has played four games and there is a lot of teams that have only played three, but <clears throat> in total number of times shorthanded, Toronto also leads the league at 18 times shorthanded. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I didn't. Uh, didn't know that to be honest with you that the Rochester is boasting number one PK and PP uh, I didn't think you know typically you go into a lacrosse game you think you know there's going to be X amount of penalties and the offense is going to score a couple they're, they're guaranteed to get a couple that's just how how lacrosse is but uh, for Toronto's sake I guess you know you mentioned they played the, the fourth game there but uh, you don't want to let a confident red hot power play like that get out there and get in a routine early I would say or you know, just get a, get a rhythm. I, I think, you know, you give them an opportunity on a power play to, you know, get Jamison rips one and starts feeling good about himself early, you know, that he could be poised for a big night. And same with Dawson and whatnot. I, obviously, you never want to take any penalties, but the game of lacrosse is, you know, it's it's a lot of action. They're, they're, they're going to happen, but I, I think it's the, the kind of penalties that you do take. Um, you, you know, you try not to take a penalty 200 feet from your own net kind of thing. Uh, if you're going to save a goal, obviously that that's different. But uh, I'd also be curious to see Toronto, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, Toronto's power play in games one and two and compared to game three and four because, you know, does that skew things a bit when the ball wasn't dropping in games one and two? Uh, I, I don't know how hot their power plays were, but uh, I'd just be curious to see what that looks like. Does that bring the, you know, is it hotter now? Well, it's obviously hotter right now. Like the, the sticks are warm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that will – overall sample size could be a little skewed from what maybe the power play is is at right now going into this game but uh you know rosie and jamie both mentioned this is going to be a rivalry game a lot of emotions so try you're going to have to keep these emotions in check because if it is as close as game as you know some previous games have shown or, or they indicated you don't it could come down to a power play actually now that you say that and those stats and or a bounce here and a bounce there so that's that's the game of the cross for you though and talk about their penalty kill being uh the best in the league right now 82.35 percent but a lot of that i think obviously the old saying goes sometimes your best penalty killer is uh, your goaltender and matt vince uh, we talked a lot about him on this show already but 10.33 goals against average 813 save percentage so through three games the matt vince of old is definitely here and when you consider i believe rosie's goals against average was 10.82 last year and that was the best in the league and of course everybody's will kind of balloon a little bit here as we go uh, in most cases um or i guess deflate as we will hope uh, in other cases, but everything seems to kind of average out a little bit. And the guys who have uh, ridiculously low goals against averages right now will kind of come back to earth a little bit. And, and as well as some of the guys who are in the 13s and 14s right now, um, as we see in Toronto, uh, those will come back to uh, a little better looking numbers. So, you know, Matt Vince being what he is, obviously a big challenge for the Toronto Rock to overcome. But like we've also talked about, I mean, 
it wasn't that long ago, you know, in 2015, obviously a very different Toronto team here, a very different Rochester team, but, you know, the Rock got to Matt Vince early and often, and then they did chase him, uh, you know, even in the, uh, the tiebreaker game there. So this team has a little bit of a history of success against Matt Vince at times, but we do know he can turn in a big effort as well. Looking at uh, some of their scorers, one guy who is up there, Joey Resiteritz, actually leads the team in points right now with 19, which is a little bit of a surprise. And uh, you've got uh, Kyle Jackson, Corey Vitarelli, and Resiteritz, each with eight goals apiece that lead the team. Cody Jamison, it seemed like we talked about the jammer effect and how much he was maybe helping everybody else around him. This is maybe the, the trap or the scare here that he does only have two goals through three games, 13 points. Um, you kind of worry that maybe this is <laughs> this might be the night that he has his night, so to speak, here. Yeah, well, you hope not from, uh, from our perspective here, but, uh, you know, from his side of things, you know, he. I'm sure he doesn't live far from here. I'm sure he's going to have, you know, family and friends in attendance, and, and you hope he doesn't decide to uh, – to settle in and have a night, as you said, but just kind of speaking of the jammer effect, I, I, and I'm curious, not so much if it's, you know, the jammer effect, he comes back and puts up massive points, more so than just, you know, his presence and, and slotting on that left side, you know, Kyle Jackson, uh, you know, took on a, probably a bigger role than than expected as a rookie last year, did very well with it, um, among some others on the left side, and and Dan probably felt the weight more on his shoulders a little bit on the right side, I'd imagine, without without Cody there. And it's and you, regardless, you know, you said he's got two goals and, and whatnot this year. He's still a guy and a number that defensive coaches are, are circling on the whiteboard prior to a game. So, you know, just his presence and, and being able to step in. And, you, you know, he, like, like you mentioned, hopefully this isn't his night, but he, he's the kind of player and has the skill set that could potentially go off at any night and, and still be a threat every time he, he is on the floor, whether he has the ball in a stick or not, just from you know the aura he can bring to an offense. So uh, we look forward to this matchup on Friday, and uh, we want to also jump into some buying and selling here. Um so we have three things up for grabs, and one of them uh, that we have already talked about quite a bit. But, uh, KD, are you buying or selling that uh, Dan Craig will finish as a Rookie of the Year nominee? So be a top three vote-getter when it comes to Rookie of the Year balloting. I am buying that Dan Craig is going to be a top three Rookie of the Year vote-getter. I don't think the the crop is necessarily as deep as it has been in, in recent years or previous years uh, we mentioned you know nine points in two games already two points behind Josh Burton who's played four games um, so just straight by you know averages and I you know numbers moving forward I think Dan's you know if stays healthy and whatnot and this offense still you know contributes at a, at a solid pace he's going to get his points and and I think the offense is the the sexier kind of pick in an award like that personally and uh all that kind of factoring in i think he's definitely going to be in the top three for the uh rookie of the year voting all right couldn't agree with you more on that right now after what we've seen here in the last couple of weeks um now we i think we had a buying and selling of this uh earlier in the year actually but um talked about the rock having three 100 point getters and we had blaine manning on the show and 
He uh, was a part of the 2005 Rock team that did have three 100-point getters in a 16-game season. And despite the fact there are two more games, Blaine Manning still really wasn't really buying it. And uh, you were also selling it. But now, four games in, a little offensive explosion over the last two weeks. If we start to do the math, there's feels like there is every possibility that this could happen. So we're bringing it back to the table. KD, are you buying or selling that the Rock will have three 100-point scores this season? This is a second chance offer. Second chance, <laughs> and I'm pr- probably going to get crucified for it, but I'm going to have to sell it, and let me explain. You're selling it again? Selling it again. <laughs> I ha- and, <laughs> All right. And it, All right, let's hear it. I think... I just have to, if we're playing this game only in game, you know, game four, week five of the season, I just still have to take the field in terms of it. Like, there's still a lot that could happen here. I don't think the offense is going to score 20 to 25 a night. I don't think every night all three of them are getting 10 points. And that doesn't mean they're not going to have great nights. I just don't think the ball is going to drop necessarily how it did this previous weekend. And I don't want to get lost in that right now. I don't. It's not saying two of them don't, or I hope all three still do. And I look like an idiot twice on the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, and you know, knock on wood, just things can happen in over the course of a season. I I don't know when or who. I think every player goes through you know their challenges at certain times, and and as a team, this team might have a couple more ups and downs as well. So just taking all that into consideration, I still have to sell the fact that I think all three or will hit a 100-point mark, but it doesn't say, you know, two of them can't or, or all three still will. That's just my logic right now early in the season. All right. Well, I, I still have high hopes for it to happen, and I still think it very well might happen. But uh, the last one here on buying and selling, you know, the Rock are sitting at 2-2 two and two right now, and I feel like there's a level of confidence that it's – you're not necessarily out of the woods at 2-2, two and two, but – there is a very high level of confidence, I think, with this group at 2-2 two and two that, you know, I've mentioned it probably too many times already, but the clean slate effect and, and how you're going into this game on Friday night feeling probably even better than 2-2. Two and two. But are the Buffalo Bandits out of the woods feeling good, turn the corner, however you want to put it, at 2-2? Two and two? I'm going to sell that they're not out of the woods. I don't, I don't think they're... They're there yet. You know, you look at the the win against Toronto, I would kind of chalk that up as I don't think Toronto brought their best by any means. We saw what happened when Toronto was on their game the other or back in December there at the end of December when Toronto handed it to them pretty easily. Even their other win, I watched the game Buffalo versus Calgary this past weekend and you know, I know they won and Calgary's offense kind of looked very similar to what I saw in Vancouver. Like, there wasn't much going on in that offense, similar to Vancouver's offense. So I don't know how much I can, you know, look into Buffalo picking up a win against a team that what felt like, unless they were scoring off a broken player, Dixon was, you know, being be scoring a heroic goal, for lack of a better way to, to put it, um, wasn't really generating much. And, and another big question mark for me is still their goaltending. You know, in the four games... They've still let in 20 twice. And, you know, obviously they've had lower scores the following games. But like I said, one to an offense that I don't think is really there yet in Calgary and one to a Toronto team that I don't think quite started the season how they wanted to. So selling that there out of the woods. All right. All right. Good stuff. All right. So that brings us to the end of buying and selling. But it brings us also right to prediction time. 
I haven't really thought much about hey, this. Hey, you know what? Didn't I? Pre- what did? What was my yeah. score? I predicted yes, last I week. I was waiting wasn't for that it? to come out. You know what? <laughs> it was. What you, was it? I'm were, sure it's written down here in my notes somewhere. But it was. It was twenty something. Twenty one. You were twenty one for the good. And I'm not sure what you had for the uh, for Vancouver there, but uh, I know you did have a 21 spot in the offense. Wow! I can't believe it took this long for you wow. to bring it up. Yeah. I'll have to go back through my notes here from last week, flipping through. But I, it was. I want to say I said 21 to nine or 21 to. It was Something under under there. 10. Yeah. Wow. So with the hot hand, do you want to start this, or you want oh, okay. me to start uh, this? It's, I don't know. You're the one kind of on top here. No, I'll let you go first. I haven't okay. really thought about it yet, so you can go first here, yeah. Okay, I'm going to I stick with Toronto, believe it or not. All right. <laughs> and yeah, see, yeah. we got a big win Friday night. I think the offense doesn't put up a 20 spot, but it's still, still a very good night. I'm going to go Toronto 16, Rochester 12. 12 all right I like that I like that um I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of keep going along my uh not not 20 what, what am I gonna I think I'm falling in I think I'm feeling 17 to 9 17 9 17 9 Toronto um I just feel like the way the offense is going it could be another you know it's not gonna be 10 nothing after one quarter don't uh start uh, interpreting this like uh, like that's what I'm saying. But I just think that there could be a situation here where the Rocket hit to a nice healthy lead here early. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked about the last few games that we said, you know, if everything's going right, that means we're going to see both goalies. And I think even though we've pumped Matt, t- Matt Vince's tires like uh, no one else is probably here so far in terms of a, an opponent this year, but – uh, I think there's a good chance we see both goalies on Rochester's side, and I think that's going to mean that the Rock are out to uh, early lead. So early lead, so I'm going 17-9. Yeah, for sure. If that's the case, I know it should be a you know rocking arena then. And you, you hear some of the chatter, some fr- from some of the fans saying, "Oh, could you imagine if that 24 goal game was at the uh, the Air Canada Center? How crazy that would be! The cowbells would be ringing." Uh, but if you you know if you come up with a 17 spot, I'm sure that would be a, a pretty good turn of events as well for everyone on a yeah. Friday night. Yeah, and that's where you even start to even when you throw that number seven 17 out there and you say like, you know, wow, that's a really great offensive night. And then to think that you know you start doing some math and realizing, man, they scored seven more goals than that on Saturday night, 24 goals. Anyways, I I thoroughly enjoyed that game this past Saturday. I've watched it like I've said, I've watched it three times now and. I may even watch it again here before Friday night, but it was it was fun to watch. It had everything, especially if it's your team on the right side of it. It had everything you want to see. So I would highly recommend, you know, subscriber or non-subscriber, you can go to NLLT, NLLTV.com right now and you can watch, uh, you know, the replay of the game. Um, no charge to watch those games 24 hours after they've been live. So uh, you can check that out. Watch the game. Get fired up for Friday night. It is going to be a good one. Uh, to wrap things up, KD, tickets, what's going on? Yeah, after you watch that game, you're, it's going to be impossible not to want to come to this <laughs> one. So, you know, we mentioned the fights, the high scoring. Toronto's kind of they're rolling right now. It's the old-time lacrosse, as, as Mike mentioned earlier. But uh, a lot of great tickets available still uh, to come on out to. You can visit torontorock.com to see slash tickets to see the various uh, you know ticket packs. We've got a great Jack Astor's pack. 
two lower bowl end tickets with a gift card or four lower bowl end tickets with a gift card. Very fairly priced. We got our six ticket flex pack still available and still plenty of time to hop into the uh, the four play pack, which is uh, you know one ticket to four games. You transition around the arena. There's still a lot of great options though, nonetheless. Uh, you can give us a call at 416-596-3075 or even just hop on our website and chat uh, chat with one of us online and we can get you you know set up with, with, with the right pack that, that suits your needs. So uh, looking forward to, uh, to seeing everyone down there Friday for a great game. All right, great stuff. And of course, if you're one of those last-minute decision folks, you can also get tickets right at the, at the uh, box office. at the ACC box office, right up until uh, and through the start of the game. So that's also something you can do. I know a lot of people are slightly concerned about the weather, but uh, it sounds like it may not be uh, too bad at all getting down there. Maybe uh, on the way home. So uh, everybody, travel safe Friday. Make appropriate plans, but don't make it an excuse. Do not make it an excuse. The weather is no excuse. Get down there some way. Public transit, all kinds of different ways. Take the afternoon off work. Head down early. Book a hotel. Stay in the city Friday night. Enjoy Toronto for everything it is on Friday night. And don't let the weather be an excuse because you don't want to miss the Toronto Rock at home on Friday night against the Rochester Nighthawks. That's our new commercial. Let's go, everybody. Okay, that'll do it. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. In the meantime and in between time, I am Mike Hancock for Kyle Davis saying we will chat next week.